I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, faith in the public square is getting harder and harder to see these days. Uh, always beyond the headlines for sure, particularly in the media. But should it be? What is the value in covering faith and religious issues and events in the news? How do we bridge that divide between media and faith? And is faith fluency the answer? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we're going to think again about faith and media. And we're really thrilled to have joining us on the program today, Brooke Zoggs, the Vice President for the Faith and Media Initiative And uh, Brooke, I know you have launched this new coalition, and I want to get to that in just a moment. Uh, But I want to start with some of the the data, the the uh, media index that has been put together as kind of the baseline as to why this is such a crucial conversation. Hi, sure. So uh, with the launch of the Faith and Media Initiative, we wanted to better understand what was happening in the marketplace and see how people feel around the world about the way faith is depicted in society in both news and entertainment. We canvassed through Harris X, a third-party expert, looking at over 9,000, almost 9,500 individuals in 18 countries, six, six languages, five continents, to know and understand how do they feel. And there, the key takeaway was that there was a big deficit or need for more and better coverage on how faith uh, plays a part in people's lives and the stories of today. Yeah, I think that's uh, such a, an interesting thing. One of the uh, things that I, I think that, that was pointed out uh, is that as we go to media, uh, I think we're, we're all kind of hoping that our own viewpoints, our own perspectives are going to be uh, maybe not featured, but at least at least in the conversation. Uh, so how will this help to have people uh, recognize or, or feel better reflected in terms of their faith as they, they uh, consume media? It's a great point. That was actually one of the primary reasons we looked at this is that there is an all-time low in terms of trust, especially in American media, of, of among media institutions. And part of that, we believe, is making sure that what people believe and who they are is better reflected and better depicted in the stories that they read about, again, both in news and entertainment. So part of what we did was look at what's actually happening in the newsroom without trying to point fingers or villainize or demonize any one party or institution, but find ways to restore trust between the institutions that both faith and uh, media serve by making sure that the individuals are better depicted and represented. So when we looked at and talked with 
um, Harris interviewed over 35 people around the world in the newsroom, editors, journalists, to understand why this is the case. And there are a lot of things at play, including newsroom economics, uh, individuals that have a fear of uh, getting it wrong when they tell the story. Um, perhaps they need more diverse voices in the newsroom. Um, and just making sure that they better understand the type of people that they are talking about in the stories of our time. And I think by doing so that there'll be um, a way to bridge the gap of trust and people seeing more stories that are true to them. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. I think it's so important that uh, you're driving this through the lens of trust. Uh, we know trust is at an all-time low uh, for institutions of all kinds uh, and in the media in particular. Uh, and and so as you had those conversations, as you looked at that data, tell me just a little bit more about the initiative. I know you launched on the sidelines of the, some of the U.N. meetings that are going on this week. Uh, give us some perspective in terms of how you hope to bridge that gap and make that connection. Sure. So I think part of the thing that we're working to do is bring two very important institutions together um, to have more meaningful conversations with one another. So to collaborate and create new solutions that are around shared goals and interests, which is to restore trust and relevance with those they serve. So we are working to build and launch a coalition of diverse people from faith and media sectors, as well as business sectors who also care about this and believe it's important as well in the workplace in making sure people of faith can show up as their full self there as well. So we're launching with a coalition. We're working with um, a variety of trusted institutions around the world um, to host workshops and trainings for two groups. One of the biggest findings in this study was that um, 84% of the people surveyed believe that faith and religious groups have a responsibility to provide greater access mm. to the media of people to tell their faith stories so that the, that the media actually has the resource to reflect the people they're talking about. So I think workshops to train people of faith and faith leaders how to engage and work with media, and then also media to be faith fluent and understand um, how to represent and depict the diverse stories. And that was another key takeaway from the research was that people are looking for more complex, more diverse stories, and also stories that um, diminish religious stereotypes. In fact, one of the data points was that 78% of the people that were surveyed believed that religious stereotypes should get the same or more attention as race and gender. So we're looking at making sure that when we, and and that happens with education, so workshops and training to make both sides work together. We want to make sure we recognize and reward and lift up those who are doing it well as a model for how to do things in in a more meaningful, substantive way. So we're doing that. And then we also, as an initiative, will be working to continue to sponsor through various partners, um, 
a variety of research that spotlights trends and opportunities for um, both sides doing a better job. Uh, I think that's that's so vital and so interesting. Uh, you bring up that point of uh, the stereotypes that often just get reinforced. Uh, this faith fluency, I think, is so important. I, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, uh, and that was that sometimes in the newsroom there is such a fear of getting it wrong that you end up doing nothing at all. You kind of just hunker Correct. down. Uh, and so uh, tell me, how, how do we build that? portion of the bridge in terms of making sure it's not just getting wrong or, uh, or that they're you know, not having the diversity in, in the workforce to, to be able to have those conversations? Well, I think it's, again, at the heart of making resources available to them. If, if economics are part of newsroom issues where they're no longer specialists but generalists, how can we and other organizations provide um, access and resources to better education, better understanding, and actual individuals who are going to go on the record and talk about what they believe? Because people in the newsroom are expected to be able to quickly cover a lot of complex stories without always having the background and experience to do it. So how can we make people available to them to make sure that they are less afraid of getting it right? And also, I think just for people of faith to be more understanding that, that, that there is an effort being made um, and to come to the table for to broker those conversations for more and better. Yeah, and I love the fact that you're doing this not from an accusatory standpoint, not from a, you know, media's bad, awful, evil, uh, or or anything else. This is just about uh, having a greater understanding, allowing people to bring their whole authentic self into the public square. Uh, and then how do we make sure we're fostering that understanding? Uh, we had, we had an interesting, uh, moment uh, down at Utah Valley University uh, with former Vice President Mike Pence and a student, uh, who was a socialist. And uh, I interviewed the student after, and the student still disagreed with everything that the former vice president said, but he said something so important. He said, but he was not the monster I had made of him in my mind. He was a human. He was a man of conviction and principle, uh, and it totally changed the the conversation. And I can see that playing out as it relates to, to media and faith in the public square as well. Absolutely. And I think that we don't always fully understand the implications of misrepresenting on both sides, mm-hmm. misrepresenting the media's perspective and also the faith's perspective that in the U.S. perhaps it creates one of the, the data points was that the way that it's covered creates a lot of anxiety. But in other parts of the world, world as well, there are it can cost you your life. And some of the worst atrocities that happen begin with hate and misunderstanding around mm-hmm. what people believe. And so by taking the time to better understand and better tell those stories. And the greatest way to create empathy and understanding is exactly what you've articulated, and that's fostering relationships of understanding and communication. So really that's what we're about is bringing these two sides together to talk to each other, to better understand each other, and work together to serve over 80% of the world, which affiliates with the religion of yeah. some kind. I mean, that's a massive population that's being underserved. Yeah, uh, such great insight. I love uh, your leadership on this issue, this faith. Fluency, I think, is so important, uh, and it is one of the crucial conversations, because if we don't have that, then we do perpetuate the stereotypes, the hate, the anger, the fear, the frustration uh, that has caused a lot of the problems and a lot of breakdown in our community and in society. Uh, Brooke Zogs, the Vice President for the Faith and Media Initiative. This is an important conversation. Brooke, we look forward to having you back as you continue to lean into this uh, and hear that experience and what all we need to do as consumers of media uh, as well uh, to advance the conversation. 
Thank you. I would say as a final farewell on that is that I think equally important to media is individuals of faith accurately talking about in a meaningful way what what that means to them. Their lived experiences is the best way to change the way people perceive what religion and faith means. Uh, so important. Brooke Zog again from the Faith and Media Initiative. This is an important work. Uh, we're going to follow it real closely uh, as they continue their work and have these conferences as they convene thought leaders from around the world, from the faith community, from the media community, uh, to create collaboration and better understanding and better services for those who consume media, those who produce media. Uh, and I love where Brooke ended, that we all have a responsibility uh, to be authentic, to share our lived experiences, because that's what leads us to better understanding. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.